0: Hello, and welcome to the Georgia Tech Hell of a Catholic Podcast. My name is Donovan Kelly. I'm a senior here at the Catholic Center, and I'm here with uh, Maddie McDonald, fellow student, and Father Branson Hip, our chaplain. How you all doing today? Pretty
1: good. Pretty excited to put this proposal forth.
0: Good. How are you doing? Fantastic. Ready to get started.
1: So, Father, what are we doing here?
2: Okay, so, yeah, we wanted to, like, restart the podcast and really begin this conversation as, like, a greater community with, like, all of the, like, limitations and everything going on, partly because, uh, as y'all know, like, there's been a noticeable shift in our lives, like, the past six, seven, eight months with coronavirus, with quarantine, with the way that classes and life looks right now, like, there's been, like, a real shift. And for a lot of people, there's been, like, at least what I've noticed is, like a lot of experience of helplessness and experience of like having more free time actually than normal, but like life has been different, not just for like one or two people, but for everyone. Like, I don't know if this has been like y'all's experience as well, but particularly like how easy it's been with like this sense of free time or without a lot of external structures for our day, particularly being able to like watch class sometimes like at any point, how, It actually can throw us into like a sense of like loss or confusion or lack of stability in not having these external things outside of us that actually bring stability to life.
1: Yeah, I think that was a frustrating point when I first started this is that I asked for time, I asked for more freedom, I asked for all the things that I think I was somewhat given in quarantine, and it was not at all what I wanted. And I felt like you were saying lost and also incapable of helping others in it. I wasn't even capable of helping myself.
0: Yeah, I can say I definitely went through a similar experience. I even was in a place where I, I had structures, but like going home from that was yeah, it was it was difficult to try to live it well. Like I kept on telling myself, Okay, Donovan, I'll live this well, live this well But yet without any sort of community, without any sort of external thing, it yeah, became very difficult and then difficult to like draw others in. And then coming back to campus in the fall, I mean it was very, very jarring to get back in the, the full-on swing after, like, six months or so of just really not having a lot of pressure on you, not a lot of pressure to, like, complete assignments or what have you. Yeah, it was it was really hard. It still is hard, like, adjusting to these, these lectures online, these classes that, like, I really have to put in the effort to, like, catch up on and, like, stay involved every day, keep on pushing. I, I look at myself, too, and I look at what I do and A lot of like what keeps me quote unquote busy is, you know, really things that aren't very beneficial, like a lot of wasting time, a lot of like procrastinating on my work. Like the amount of time I actually spend in like productive working is very low compared to the amount of time on the computer. Yeah. And like that's
2: the I think paying attention a lot to y'all, the greater student community, anybody that I talk to, like there has been this pattern and like really beautiful questions that have come out of this and so even the thing that we could say usually responds to this of like Christ through the form of community is less accessible in the fact of social distancing and all of the precautions and like our normal means of doing things together has to change right now and a lot of people have you mentioned this Maddie like have a sense of like needing to have like almost a holding pattern and waiting for things to kind of go back to normal but We don't know if that will ever happen and we don't know what that will actually look like. And so we can almost be wasting these days waiting for things to go back to normal instead of following what we're being invited to and accepting these changes. So like this shift, I really wanted to like as a community, really look at this together and offer a few like concrete proposals and to talk about this with you guys of doing things as a community, even when we're not able to be together as a big group or all of the like limitations that are in front of us some things we can do in person some things we can't do in person right so even just for the rest of our lives of here we can live intense formation together and like we have the catholic center it's a whole different game when you go off to the rest of the world as young adults and maybe like your parish won't be as active as you want it to be or like things are very very limited so like this is a real time of maturity of of adulthood of learning how to, like, follow Christ and to really grow and live our time well now for the sake of, like, the rest of our lives. So there's, like, a few tangible things that I wanted to propose to us as a whole community and to do it together as a community, even if that's within our small group of friends or on our own.
1: It feels like a self-imposed suffocation that, like, I'm not even looking for the chokehold, though. I'm, like, just waiting for things to go back to where I could, like, partially breathe before. When like I wasn't getting a full breath of air even in the past, and so like why am I not at least asking these questions so like I can one work towards this like full breath of air instead of working towards some distant future that I don't know is coming.
2: Yeah, absolutely. There was a priest I was reading who was giving a retreat for CL, and he was saying how often in life we desired when we woke up in the morning to like not do the day and to like retreat from existence and be able to just like chill in our room all day. And you say an airport is like now everybody gets exactly what they wanted in that, and suddenly it feels like a prison, which is what you were saying earlier. So asking this question of like, what is this freedom that can exist within four walls? Like, what does that actually look like? So there's a few specific things that I want as a whole community to do, and to do like within our small groups or with those that we're able to do these things with, recognizing that we're not able to do them all together, but we can do them together on our own in our small groups and so we want to use this medium for is i want to propose like that we spend our free time of like good leisure and read a book all together to either watch a movie or listen to an album all together and at least once this semester to go on a walking pilgrimage together and there's more that we're going to say in all of these but yeah to read a book listen to an album or watch a movie and to go on pilgrimage together
0: okay well let's start off with a book father why read a book
2: it's a good question and like especially because like we're so used to it's so much easier to watch a movie or watch a TV show. You can put it on and your brain shuts it down. And actually even physiologically like less of your brain lights up in watching a movie than reading a book. And I recognize that it's less common today. So one thing is is what a book actually does is it engages your brain more and it actually gives you a greater capacity for empathy and for understanding other characters movies really can't engage you in the thought process of a person they can do kind of a voiceover thing but even that is like really limited and usually really really small but in a book when it's from a a character's perspective you see their thought process and you can actually come to understand them better so there's something like father jessani uh once said he said forgive me for all the quotes i'm going to use but literature convinced me of what philosophy couldn't And his point was like, we're actually like, salvation is a story. Redemption is a story. And so like, even like our lives are stories in the sense of there's a beginning, middle and end. We exist within time. So things that actually convince us have the structure of story. And so the other part of this is like, one of the things I'm really grateful for, and we talked about this on Wednesday was my group of friends that graduated from high school, we would read books together. So we all read Brothers Karamazov by Dostoevsky at the same time. We read Cormac McCarthy's Blood Meridian at the same time we read G.K. Chesterton's Man Who Was Thursday at the same time and read like ridiculous books too you know like that stuff without substance but we read books together and talked about them and it was so beautiful and really transformative of our friendships and I'm so grateful for it because they really like helped me to learn how to read a book together and that you can actually go really really deep and so I like know other people actually kind of hunger for this experience to really talk about things whenever we come out of a movie we're like oh man do you remember this part like or like did you notice this like we actually desire to share in good things together so I specifically want to propose works of literature every month because first of all it's a change of pace from a lot of the things that you're getting here at Georgia Tech it's very different uh, which is usually very like procedural and analytical which is good like that's one part of the brain but engage the other part of the brain too. So, like any thoughts or questions on that of like why reading a book and why reading it together?
1: You know, I'll bounce off mm-hmm. of that, but, like the part about Georgia Tech. Um I feel like everything you say about like your friend group lovely. Like I would love to have that. It sounds beautiful. But like I the step, like the process of getting a group together and like probing questions that like require everyone to take part, like that's a difficult part. I don't think it's necessarily like Putting a proposal forth that sounds good, or like maybe even like organizing a group meeting with the people. Like the hard part is like the physical work. So how do I, how would one like go about that?
2: Then yeah, it's a good question. I think first it's something that we learn how to do. It takes time, right? Um, but the simplest way is to even with our friends be like, hey, do you guys want to read this book together? And then let's have dinner and let's talk about it. And the starting point, the thing I because I have a book club or I had a book club with a bunch of missionaries because I wanted them to see, like, the relationship between faith and culture, my first question to ask them always was, "What's what struck you the most? That was the starting question. And that usually spurned a conversation that was really, really good and really helpful. That was always my first question, because there would be specific scenes that struck people, and you kind of dig into it. Or, what did you think of the ending, right? And then we would finish with everybody having a final thought. What was your final thought on this book? And it was always fascinating Um, and there were a number of people that would come that like hated the book and then after the discussion or would be like why did you make us read this father Branson and then after the discussion they would be like okay like I'm gonna reread it actually because there's good things here that I hadn't noticed like we actually have to learn how to read a book but the like how to discuss it is really important too but I like start with what strikes you
0: yeah I mean I, I think about my experience with books I mean I, I read a lot as a kid, just like bedtime stories, like fantasy stuff. Uh, but it really wasn't until high school, um, that I read I read Great Gatsby. And it was in reading that and then like seeing how it related to like what I was going through, like all the drama with high school and whatnot, that like it really opened my eyes to something. And it wasn't just that like I picked up this book to read. I mean it was my English teacher who like I mean, made us all read it. But like I guess taking the time to actually read through it and like taking it in on as my own comparing the story with my own life like that was really the the spark like that's what kind of shifted things for me
2: yeah like this can speak to life I remember reading in junior year high school G.K. Chesterton's man who was Thursday and very early on in the book without giving too, th- too many things away like he's he is like underground with the anarchists as a policeman and discovers a person that he thought was an enemy as another policeman Right, Very on, early on in the book, this happens. And this discovery of someone who you think is an enemy is actually a friend. I, I had felt that in like people that weren't Catholic or even religious in any way and thinking in the enemy... But then in really talking to them, discovering, like, in some ways, like, they're a policeman, too. Like, they're seeking truth the same way I am. And I thought that they were, like, the anarchist or, like, the enemy. And yet, like, what's revealed is they're also a detective, like, seeking what's true and what's good. And so that part of the book, like, I remember very distinctly, like, wounding me in the sense of being like, how can you speak to my life now but have written this as a young man struggling with, like, despair and all of these things 100 years ago? You know, like, that, like, really shifted it for me, and I think can still happen today.
1: No, I think what I was saying even about, like, the Georgia Tech student, like, will be opposed to it because it's like, oh, I'm not a reader. Like, I'm not a literature history type of person. But how many times, like, I have failed to put words to my thoughts. Like, I just can't describe what I'm feeling at times because that's maybe my part of my brain just not as strong in that area. And then, like, the books are able to, like, kind of put it into the form that I, like, needed it to be in. So it, like, almost, like on paper, gives me, like, what I'm feeling. Almost like journaling, but it's someone else.
2: Yeah, like, it, it gives, people say, like, I couldn't have said it better myself, right? It actually gives words, it
0: articulates an experience. And there's a great value to that. And I really think, like, music does that very well. I mean, just, like, that experience of finding a song that just, like, fits that emotion, like, what you're going through, like, right now. And, like, you want to share it. Like, the that's the key thing, I think, about that experience is, like, this song like hit me really hard. And like there like there's something in it which like shares myself better than my words can. And like, mm-hmm. I want to give you this song because I want you to see like this part of me that has remained hidden.
1: Yeah, like a come see.
2: Yeah, exactly. And so, but we like, again, we're in a like binge culture in the sense of you take everything in as quickly as possible. And so, Like even music, people think of music as like dancing to to singing along to while you're in the car, while you're studying, while you're doing any other things. But when's the last time we've actually sat down and listened to a whole album? Like really sat down and listened to it and thought about that as worth doing. And again, like this was me of just like listening to it in the car with friends and things like that, which is great and good. But the first when the first shortly after the first Mumford and Sons album came out, I sat down with my friends. Actually, this was in Athens because one of them went to UGA. And uh, we sat down outside and listened to the full album and just sat and listened to it and, like, smoked our pipes. But, like, we sat and listened to it and then talked about it and talked about what what one particular song actually meant or what they were trying to get at and, like, the way of the instruments and everything. And, like, I now, like, 10 years later, remember that, you know? Like, this was, like, how many times my friends and I did all kinds of stuff together and I don't remember it. But that was profoundly meaningful and made me discover how good and how helpful music can be. And think about like very often when people think of classical music, they think of like elevator music, you know, something to listen to while you're passing while you're doing something else. But maybe it is worth slowing down and listening to a, a full album and actually like listening to what they're trying to say and why like, people have spent their whole like spent a good chunk of their life on this. And some people, yeah, just to make money. But, like, real musicians, like, it's getting at beauty and they have something to say. So putting out an album or a movie, like, I think it's worth doing. And actually, like, getting your friends together, those that are, like, brave and willing, and and listening to it. And, and if it's, like, a total waste of time, all right. Like, most albums are 50 minutes to an hour. At most, you've wasted it How often we waste, like, hours on whatever without even realizing it, you know?
1: Yeah, I think that part about the brave um, is going to be something that's, going to be on my heart, like, working through this proposal, is that, like, I'm going to have to put myself out there in kind of an extraordinary way to be like, guys, like, I really think there's something to be said here, and I want to talk about it. And I watched a movie last night with a couple of my friends, and afterwards we did discuss it. It was Split, the dissociative identity disorder movie. Mm. Um, And we did talk about, like, the plot, but it didn't go much deeper. And there was a big part of me that was like, wait, but let's talk about, like, what he was getting at at the end there. Like, I want to take this, like, one step further, um, but it takes a very conscious effort from at least one or two of you. That can be pretty scary
0: yeah i mean i i second that like I, I think about like the specific people like that i'm thinking of like i'm thinking of my roommates i'm thinking of like close friends who spend a lot of time with in the quarantine of like suggesting this which is very different from like the time that we've been spending together i mean i i'm definitely a little fearful going into it but i, I think like the fear comes from like okay everyone's gonna think i'm weird for like doing this book thing for like i guess i don't know feeling that a book is able to like add something to the conversation here but i i think that kind of gets at like the difficulty we have like we forget that other people are the protagonists of their own story That like they're going through the same like radical changes and like are feeling the same difficulties and like the despair that we're going through at the same time yeah i I guess so it's scary but I, i think it's like it's something good to, like, work through. And I think in working through that, yeah, it be that, like, next step in these friendships that we have.
2: So actually to get at that point uh, of what you're talking about, of, like, being scary, but also, like, what is worth doing, and the point that we're trying to make about culture, I'm going to read a poem <laughs> by uh, Edgar Lee Masters, I believe this is. Uh, it's from a book actually called The Spoon River Anthology. And The Spoon River Anthology, I really love. It's one of the books we read for our book club. And it's uh, The Graveyard in Spoon River. And so it's somebody stepping forward from the grave and saying like something that they would want you to know before going back, right? And a lot of the book is like really, really funny where it'll be like, hey, nobody knew I had an affair with this person, right? Or whatever. Like some, and a lot of it's like really, really heartbreaking. But there's one called George Gray. And so George Gray is first describing his own tombstone, which is a ship in a harbor. So this is George Gray. I have studied many times the marble which was chiseled for me. A boat with a furled sail at rest in a harbor. In truth, it pictures not my destination, but my life. For love was offered me, and I shrank from its disillusionment. Sorrow knocked at my door, but I was afraid. Ambition called to me, but I dreaded the chances. Yet all the while, I hungered for meaning in my life. And now I know that we must lift the sail and catch the winds of destiny wherever they drive the boat. To put meaning in one's life may end in madness, but life without meaning is the torture of restlessness and vague desire. It is a boat longing for the sea and yet afraid. That line of, like, life without meaning is the torture of restlessness and vague desire. Like, how often is that, actually, that people like are experiencing quarantine or whatever? It is a ship longing for the sea and yet afraid. So, it's like, to your point, like, yeah, like, it's kind of scary, like, to propose to like dig deeper, but like the ship is made for the sea. It's not made for the harbor, you know? And so like that is like what we're called to do. But like how this poem gets at that, right? Mm-hmm. Like a few words. Uh restlessness and vague desire. The torture of restlessness and vague desire. It really gets at it. Okay. One last thing. So book, album. The other thing that I wanted to propose to us is like to go on pilgrimage once this semester or really any time in your life like honestly like throughout church history like whenever people had a specific need or to give thanks to god for something or they needed clarity in their life or they needed to make a change they would go on a walking pilgrimage somewhere and we're going to talk more about this in a separate a separate podcast but they would go on pilgrimage to like a religious site asking mary the saints but like asking for intercession And also to be reminded that, like, life is a journey and to, like, be retaught that, that we need to walk a road. So we have, like, a hiking culture. We have a backpacking culture. We really don't have a pilgrimage culture. So if this is, like, if the faith is meant to be redemptive of everything, the way we read books, watch movies, listen to music, uh, even, like, the way that we're outdoors, I want to, like, have us go on pilgrimage once a semester, take a half day, go, like, walking. I'm specifically going to propose, like, going to Locust Grove and purification church which is the oldest catholic church and cemetery in georgia and walking there from a specific site and we'll talk more about that but to have like prayer intentions and to go with your friends and spend part of it in silence again people may think super weird to like go on a walk inside a good chunk of it in silence but i mean we we tried it out and more to say on this but like how helpful was that silence donnie
0: it was great i mean it was yeah we really don't get a lot of time with silence. So much of our day is, like, filled with just the noise rushing from one place to another. And so, like, the experience of just, like, walking along the road, just, like, with friends, but also, like, yeah, just immersed in thought. It really, like, it dug up a lot of stuff for me. Like, a lot of things that I I had just kind of under the surface. Um, and it was, yeah, very good, redemptive, like you were saying.
2: Yeah. So, like, I... And it was super helpful for me, too. So, like, I want us to go on pilgrimage and to, like, make time for things that are worth doing. And if it isn't worth doing, then, like, how much time have you really lost? Like, these are small things, you know?
1: I think so much of how, like, I'm not going to have Father Branson there to, like, help me do this well. Or, like, someone who's done this before if I'm going with, like, my small community. Um, But hearing Donnie about, like, and from Father. Just, like, this is human. Like, this is just a human experience. And, like you're all going to be, like, working working on this together in a way that it can't be bad. I think there's, like, a fear of, like, well, I'm not going to know how to, like, lead a Bible study, so I'm just, like, not going to, like, yeah. do that. Um, and so, like, we stay in the harbor.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And we can do this, like, expecting, like, if, if this circumstance isn't the way it is or whatever, like, we stay in the harbor. And it's, like, no, like, part of this, like, education is to be, like, adults in the faith adults in the truest sense of the term of, like, recognizing, like, who you belong to and what you're called to and learning how to discern that and navigate that, always within the Christian community and with those that have been, like, given to us. But, uh, yeah, like, it's going to be better, like, in a lot of cases, it will be better if you go on pilgrimage and, like, I'm not there, right? Because you see, like, oh, I did this and, like, the Lord was at work and, like, We did this and we figured it out and like god wants to like use our creativity intelligence affections our gifts everything and that will be true wherever we are right so that's like in some ways it's difficult i want i want to do this like as a giant group all of us together right but maybe these circumstances where we can't do that is actually good and is inviting people to be like true protagonists in the faith of Like, taking ownership of what God's inviting them to and, like, of their lives and doing that. And that is good and a gift.
1: I like how you're describing an adult in the faith. Like, I can't just come to your homilies and expect them to, like, bring something up in me and then I pray about it and I wait for the next homily. Like, there has to be an ownership here.
2: Yeah. And, like, Walker Percy, you talk about, like, man is sovereign. Sovereign in the sense of, like, God does give specific, like, authority to humanity. And he calls us and we're supposed to be in relationship with him. But how often Jesus asks, like, what is your opinion? You know, like he invites us to do a work.
0: So like, what really will this look like? I mean, is the book like, are we reading like Lord of the Rings? Like, will this be 500 pages I need to knock out in a month? Uh, The album, is it like Beethoven or something like in this hike too, do I have to like climb a mountain or something?
2: Uh, if you want to, you can. Okay. Uh, we're gonna start slow. So these first ones, and since this is just introductory, I don't want to go into like the specific books, and book like we're gonna have like individual ones to introduce them. But we start small. The pilgrimage is, I mean, it's a little bit of a hike. If you do the full thing, it's eight and a half miles. But we did it in three hours. Like the the walking part, that's not bad, you know. And so like with anything, you start out small. The album's fifty minutes, you know. The book is one of the shorter books that I would want to do, you know. So it's not, it's not actually going to, like, take long to do, but are ones that I think are worthy of doing. So we're
0: starting out small.
1: I can do that. I can do that. Sweet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you all for tuning in. Uh, yeah, we're, we're really excited to offer this to not only the Catholic Center community, but Georgia Tech as a whole. Uh, so thank you once again for tuning into our whole podcast. And we hope you all have a blessed day.